Here's what's coming up on today's show. You lose your master password that you unlock your password manager with, and you call up tech support for like LastPass. Mm-hmm. They say sorry. We don't have a copy of that. Really? So if they get data breached and all of your passwords get dumped, they're encrypted. So no one can do anything with them. It's time for financial advisor Ben Schrock to give you the keys to retiring with confidence. This is Unlocking Your Financial Future. Hello, I'm Ben Schrock, and welcome back to another episode of Unlocking Your Financial Future. And coming back for episode two, Ben Zeli. Ben, welcome back to the show. Um, ben is, uh, we know Ben through SBT here in Wadsworth, Small Business Technologies. Uh, we just spent episode one talking about uh, some of the, the main phishing scams out there that people might see through their emails, why people, you know, the, the cyber criminals do this kind of stuff. What do they benefit from that? And, and really in part two, we're going to uh, tend to, we'll focus on some, some things that the average everyday consumer can do to protect themselves from this, some tips that Ben might have for that. Um, now, again, if you listen to part one, you might be out there saying, you know, that that's all good information, Ben, but, uh, you know, I, I kind of already know that stuff. You know, I, I keep good grasp on my passwords. I change them regularly. Um, this is never going to happen to me. I mean, what, what would you typically hear? I mean, do you hear that in your business? Cause again, you think I'm, I feel like I'm younger. I've, I've grown up with computers. I'm pretty savvy for somewhat. My friends will make fun of me and say I'm not, but, um, I feel pretty confident using a computer and say, yeah, I, I'm, I'm good. I don't really need help. It's not going to happen to me. Yeah. Um, we do hear that a lot. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, we mainly work with businesses. Um, and, you know, unfortunately you do hear that, um, you know, oh, that'll never happen to me. You know, when it comes to like, oh, that'll never happen to my business. You know, I'm just, you know, a mom and pop shop, sure. you know, you know, I, I do X, Y, and Z, you know, I'm not, you know, you know, trading, you know, on the stock market every day, you know, I'm not dealing internationally, stuff like that. And, um, I think that's a pitfall that, a lot of business owners can fall into is, you know, that'll never happen to me. You know, I think people are still stuck into thinking, you know, it's 20 some years ago and there's, you know, some guy in a van out in your parking lot <laughs> with like a Pringles can as an antenna right. pointed into your, you know, trying to hack into your stuff. That That's not the case. There's, that's, there's not very many instances these days where, you know, you got hacked, there's ransomware, whatever, where it was someone local it's people all over the world because when you bring in the internet you can be anywhere that you, that you want in the world right. and those guys are way smarter than you know some guy with a pringles can sure sitting in your uh you know parking lot like in wadsworth for example and unfortunately we had a customer uh actually not too long ago it was a new engagement um you know they they said you know oh, that'll never happen to me sure something completely out of their control caused it to happen to them so they, you know, they're a smaller business. They don't have a server. They store their files on a, uh, you know, it's uh, it's called a NAS, a network attached storage. Okay. So that's just kind of like a fancy hard drive that sits in the corner that gets plugged in with an Ethernet cable. Gotcha. And it has smarts in it to let you share files centrally without having like a server. Um, well, that NAS, it ended up having a vulnerability on its web interface so the whole thing with the nas is i can be at the office and get my files or i can be home and get my files right well when you have that home functionality turned on that punches a hole through like your router or your firewall that lets you do that that hole that gets punched it ended up having a 
critical 10 out of 10 vulnerability. And so that customer that said, this yeah. will never happen to me, out of their control, that NAS had a vulnerability get published and it got exploited and all their files got encrypted. Oh. And we had to, I mean, there's no say you can't, there's no saving it. So we just had to wipe the entire NAS. Luckily they had a backup of it, but um, it, it can never happen to you, but there's, it does. there's forces outside of your control. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the, the greatest driver on the road, right? Well, doesn't mean that I am and we're sharing the road together. Sure. You know what I mean? Interesting. So in those circumstances, it's, it's kind of like, yeah. You know, you know, what what can you do other than you know be proactive, right? I mean, you have to have a, a a team like you guys there to help in that situation, right? Yeah, or in in advance, right, of that situation. Yeah. Because even if you have, you know, just because you have a, a you know SBT or you know, PCS that that's monitoring that, helping that, it still doesn't mean it's bulletproof, right? I mean, it's still. Sure. Uh, you know, it's, it increases your security and, and helps a ton, but it doesn't mean that someone can't try to, to hack into your system and right. um, go after that. So, like, you know, uh, if you've seen the movie Shrek, security mm-hmm. is like ogres who are like onions. It's all about layers. <laughs> you know, yeah. if you had a castle, you wouldn't just have one guard out, you know, right. with like a sword and a shield or whatever. You would have the moat, the archers, the dragon, mm-hmm. all that stuff that, you know, guarding you know your, your your castle your house you wouldn't just lock the front door you'd lock all the windows and everything security is about all that in this case this customer i said they were a new customer we you know we, we didn't we didn't really do much work for them on that first engagement uh, i think they got like a new computer or something like yeah. that but um their their nas we didn't even touch um it was out of date on firmware mm-hmm. so this vulnerability had been out actually for a while but if that nas had been up to date on firmware it would have patched that vulnerability then then this never would have happened. So wow. like keeping this stuff, like especially that, like I said, it punches that hole in the router or the firewall to let you hit your files from your house, even though it's at work. Keeping that stuff patched and updated that has external access mm-hmm. is definitely a huge priority when it comes to avoiding these, you know, they call them zero day vulnerabilities. Zero day meaning it just launched today. No antivirus has a signature that would you know, be able to block it or stop right. it or whatever. Wow. So in that case, was it a ransomware type thing or just? Mm-hmm. Yep. Geez. It got on their NAS and it encrypted all their files that had all their customer data on it. And then they, they typically reach out to the customer and say, I got all your, your stuff. Yeah. So I actually, it yeah, <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny. These ransomware groups have the best customer service that you will ever find, <laughs> even more so than if you called your bank or you yeah. know, your actual internet company. Um, you know, of course, you pay the ransom, and then they give you, if they give you the key to decrypt your files, yeah. if that doesn't work, their customer service is non-existent. They already got the money out of you. But when they're trying to get your money, it's like top-tier customer service. Wow. Yeah. And so do you guys take, have you d- called them and dealt with them directly, or is that like client has to do that? No, we don't. Okay. We don't pay or advocate paying, gotcha. paying ransom. Yeah. <laughs> That whole thing's fascinating to me. Yeah. I just, I, I, well, you know, um, President Biden, I think March this year, signed in um, uh, the Cyber Incident Reporting Critical Infrastructure Act. Mm-hmm. You guys actually fall under it. Um, if you're a, uh, what's the term? If you're a, you know, critical infrastructure, but also like a protected business. Yeah. So critical, critical infrastructure, like First Energy, for example, right. it's a power company, but also financial institutions such as yourself, mm-hmm. healthcare, 
and then like a few other ones, they fall under a, I think it's a protected business. I can't quite remember the term, but it's all about reporting. So if one of those, if one of those entities got ransomware, they have to report that within 72 hours. And if they pay the ransom, they have to report that they paid it within 24. Wow. I'm not sure what the repercussions are. They were just signed a few months ago. And you actually, I think it doesn't go into play until March 2024. So like Jeez. two years. But um, yeah, like some of the, because it's kind of the Wild West when it comes to ransomware right now. Like you get ransomware. Oh, you know, I'm not going to tell anybody. Right. But now this is actually saying that you, you have, have to, to report it. You have to report it to like your client base or just to the government? Uh, definitely the government. I'm not sure about the client base. Yeah. I mean, it'd probably be the right thing to do. Correct. Hey, you know, we yeah. lost all your stuff. Yeah. But probably a hard conversation to have too. <laughs> yeah. Not, not, not one I'd want, but yeah. Um, interesting. So now kind of going off that, that topic and, and that's a great story. Um, so, I mean, I guess in summary, just when you think there's nothing there or you don't have any data that's worthwhile or worth stealing, it's, doesn't matter. You yeah, know, the, these cyber criminals don't care, and that's kind of the, the the you know the thing that small businesses fall into is they're they are you know small enough that they think they can uh, fly under the radar that they think you know no one will target me, but they're big enough to be able to pay a ransom. Yeah, and then in in addition to that, they're also still small enough that something like this could cripple their business and right you know drive them out of business, which does happen. Yeah. And, and to me, don't you think that would be low hanging fruit for someone like that? Because if they're small enough where they're saying, yeah, they're not going to pick on me, they're not going to find me. Um, but maybe, you know, profitable enough to make those payments. I'd be like, well, that's, that would be the ideal person to attack, right? Mm-hmm. As someone that may not have the team around them like you yeah. guys. To, to, yeah, they haven't invested in the IT infrastructure. Right. And um, that's unfortunately the case with a lot of small businesses. Wow. You know, they start the business, you know, dad grandpa started it how many years ago the business grew it didn't right and it was really only the last 20 years that it really started to be as critical as it is now in business there's not a lot of businesses now where if you take away the internet that the business can function that's true yeah i mean anywhere i mean there's transactions right for any business to to survive they need to make money so there's some sort of transactions whether it's stored credit card data whatever it may be there's something of value uh that that would be a target for someone that owns a business. Um, so, uh, you know, kind of off that topic, Ben, what about when it comes to stuff like, uh, you know, your everyday um, you know, client, uh, you know, from a personal level, I guess, individualized, um, what are some tips that they can do, you know, to avoid passwords getting hacked? Um, you know, you know, people just going into their, whether they're hacking emails, bank accounts, whatever it may be. Um, what are some you know tips that you have for password protection and, how often to change it, you know, secure it, what, what kind of is out there for, for that stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, almost the same thing that I said earlier, uh, you know, it would never happen to me, but then there's something outside of your control. That's mm-hmm. really the same thing with passwords in the form of data breaches. So the biggest killer with passwords is reuse passwords. Okay. You know, I have, you know, just the everyday person has 50 different accounts for, Right. different things they have the bank the facebook the email the the you know uh the other email they have their you know facebook they have walmart they have amazon sure. there's so many different accounts that you don't even realize oh i have all these accounts 
And how do you keep track of this stuff? Do you have a little booklet where you, you know, you write all your passwords in, but then you're not at home. So where's the book app? You got to sign into something. Um, Okay. I'll just use the same password for everything. Maybe Mm -hmm. minor variations. Well, we uh, actually saw this with Target a few years ago is uh, Target got data breached. And, you know, my Target account is the same. The username is my email. Right. And the password is the same password that I use for, you know, my bank account, yep. my email, Amazon. my Amazon, <laughs> whatever. So it's just a matter of time. These data breaches, people hack Target and then they get their whole list of all their usernames and passwords. And then they dump that onto, you know, the dark web. Yeah. And it's available for anyone to go, oh, Target data breach, you know, 20, you know, 17, 18, whatever year yeah. it was. Let me just download that. And then they can sift through millions of different, you know, rows of usernames and passwords. And so many people reuse passwords. It's like, hey, my target password was my email password. Okay, the username is, you know, ben at gmail.com. I'm going to try ben at gmail.com with his target password. It lets me in. And now I can reset all of his, because whenever you reset a password, it sends your email. Right. And, you know, an email, a password reset email. Jeez. So how to combat that? People don't like hearing it, but don't use re- reuse passwords. Right. Um, you know, you uh, you know, you mentioned, you know, how often should I change them? It's actually um, people aren't recommending to change passwords oh. super frequently anymore because the problem is people get complacent. I have the password, you know, capital banana, you know, one, mm-hmm. and then I have to change it in two weeks because that's my company policy. I do capital banana two capital banana three and there's a a pattern forms so you really want a long password preferably a passphrase so a passphrase is something with spaces in it interesting so i give the example um you know if you have the word password as your password that's how long it takes to crack it right um you know whether it's a brute force attack or you know whatever if you use like a passphrase something silly like how now brown cow yeah that's capital h for how capital now capital brown capital cal spaces in between uh there there's tools you can type pat you know potential passwords in it'll tell you how long it'll take to crack that one takes like a trillion years to crack and it's something silly like how now brown cow swap out the o's for zeros and now we're really talking right so um the the point I'm trying to get to is, you know, I have 50 accounts. How, how am I going to remember unique passphrases for every single account? Right. Probably a lot of people have started to, to hear this lately, but a password manager, something that you only need to know one password for, that's the password to get into the password manager. Mm-hmm. So I get into my password manager, something like LastPass, Bitwarden, Dashlane. These are things where there's apps on your phone. You can get the... Um, you know, the Chrome extension, the Safari website versions, website versions, um, you know, three bucks a month, whatever. It's worth it. In my opinion, I don't ever have to worry about, you know, a password again. I go to sign into, you know, whatever website and it goes, Oh, this is a website you're signing into. Do you want to add this password into, you know, your password vault? And you say, yes. And then you want to go in and reset, reset those accounts and use your password manager to generate something crazy like a 20 character symbols, uppercase, lowercase letters for a password. And then you set your password to that. Or, you know, you could do like a really long passphrase and then you just let it autofill. So basically, yeah. So basically you, you connect those, one of those, you know, three or four that you mentioned with all 
your passwords in it and then it just runs everything for you like when you go to amazon you click in there and it takes care of the rest it yeah. auto fills it you go to sign into amazon and then you can either have it autofill or what i would recommend is have it for critical systems like bank account and whatnot have it reprompt your master password for the password manager because if i get into your computer and you have a password manager and you're using like the browser extension and it just autofills all your passwords. Yeah. That's not really helping. Yeah. I, I'll just get all your passwords. But if you have it set up to reprompt your unlock master password for, you know, the critical systems, email, yeah. bank, whatever, then that would really protect How it. How do you do that? It's just a setting in there. Okay. Yeah. Go in, right go in your browser? You go into your password manager, whether it's like LastPass. Okay. Go into the, you know, just sign into it all in your phone, browser, Chrome extension, whatever. Go to that bank password, that email password. There's just a setting in there for reprompt. Okay. So then it, it clues you back into the the password that you had to enter in for that last pass or whatever yeah. service you're using in that situation. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and people get, get nervous. Oh, I'm putting all my passwords like in the cloud, for example. Right. Uh, there are local password managers, something you would install, you know, on your home computer. It's only on that computer. Okay. The, you know, the con to that is you're out. And you need to sign into something. You don't. Yeah. You don't have your, you know, forty character password that you had to generate right. for you. Um, cloud password managers are definitely safe. Um, if you lose your master password that you unlock your password manager with, and you call up tech support for like LastPass, mm -hmm. they say sorry. We don't have a copy of that. Really. So if they get data breached and all of your passwords get dumped, they're encrypted, so no one can do anything with them. Got it. Interesting. Password managers are the way to go. Give me those three again that you mentioned. LastPass. LastPass. Dashlane. Dashlane. Bitwarden. Those are kind of the big three. Which one do you prefer? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm just biased towards LastPass because that's the one that I used okay. or use, actually. And there's, you know, small business versions of those as well. There's LastPass Teams, for example. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, X amount per user a month. You know, you're the business owner, you're the administrator, you have all your stuff in there. Your employees can have their own account with their own passwords in there. They can't see each other's. Maybe you have a shared folder because these two people in accounting both sign into this website or HR. They can have access to the HR, you know, yeah. passwords, the accounting passwords. And if you have that employee that leaves and, you know, they set up, you know, whatever service to recur, you know, every month and it needs to be renewed annually for you they leave you get rid of their email address and then that thing never gets renewed yeah you're like well what was the password you can just check their password vault and say oh okay gotcha. this was the password for that you just gotta really remember that password for the last pass right yeah <laughs> that's the key that's okay i mean if you forget that one you can hit reset password and okay. it'll email it'll email you awesome what, what else with, with passwords or other steps? Because, again, I look at it as the average, again, guilty of, of that. I try to change passwords and, or, you know, make them different. Um, but you, you fall into a, a, a trap where, like, okay, I can only remember so much. Yeah. And you try you repeat, do different things, little little changes in there. But, I mean, quite frankly, the average person probably just doesn't want that extra step of last pass, mm -hmm. right? I mean... Uh, quite, I don't. I'm, I'm too lazy. I just want to autofill me done. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, is there anything else they can do outside of that uh, to get extra ver or you know 
protection or uh, yeah. another step they can do. Yeah, so you're talking about uh, two-factor authentication yeah. or multi-factor authentication is, is what it's sometimes referred to as. So that is, um, you know, I have, uh, you know, something I know and something I have. I know my password and I have my phone, which mm -hmm. gets a text message to me. So pretty much probably everyone's used some form of two-factor yeah. authentication. Most banks require it now. They force it on you. Yep. Um, Apple forces it on you with the Apple ID. So you go to sign in with your username and password, and then you get, you know, like a code texted to you. And then you enter in that six-digit code. It's only good one time. It's mm -hmm. a one-time password. Uh, there's there, that, that, that looks different ways. So there's two, there, you know, there's text message with SMS. Mm -hmm. You get the code texted to you. Or there's also like an authenticator app. Okay. So the authenticator app is I'm not getting a code texted to me. You know, when I sign up, when I turn on two-factor authentication for my email or whatever, I have to download an app. Yep. Something like Authy or Microsoft Authenticator, Google Authenticator. I scan in a QR code on my phone. And then it puts a revolving one-time password in there that changes every 30 seconds. Huh. So I go to sign in with my username and password. It wants a code. I fish out my phone open up my authenticator app and I type in what that code is at that specific moment in time. That is more secure than the text message. Text message is definitely great yeah. and it's way better than nothing because if I know your username and password for something, great. I can't sign in unless I have that text message that right. gets sent to you. The problem is um, people can call up your phone company, Verizon, AT&T, Sprint, whatever, pretend to be you. They look on your Facebook page, you filled out that survey you know, of 30 questions, yeah. you know, that, you know, if you, you know, you know, here's like my Hogwarts house, you know, like what it'll be. And it asks you all these personal questions that you don't realize, you know, like, oh, what's the street name you grew up on? Like this and that. I answer those security questions. Mother's maiden name. Yeah. I pretend to be you. Hey, I got a new number or, hey, I got a new SIM card, actually. Send my old number, send my number on my old phone to my new phone with this new SIM card. Now I know your username and password and I get your code texted to me. Right. It's hard to do that. <laughs> Authenticator app, there's no SIM card, text message. It's yeah. literally you need to have this phone it's to the get only in. Thing that can get you in. Yeah. I have your username and password. I you know, I had your phone number rerouted to my phone, but I don't have that authenticator app right. that's on your phone. Interesting. I know I've I've worked with a company that I think they did something it was with an app. Um, actually, it's a FINRA site, I think, that they do a two-step. I have to open up the app, and as long as my phone's close in proximity oh. to my computer, it'll come up and say, I have to press allow on yeah. here to connect me through there. Yeah. It's, it's pretty pretty interesting. Again, it's a pain, but <laughs> it works. And, and, I mean, that's the idea behind it is to make, make it everything more secure and yeah. um, so you don't run into those traps. Um, is there, I mean different obviously there's going to be different types of you know um criminals cyber criminals that that go after the consumer versus businesses i mean is there still ransomware out there for the individuals or not as much oh, yeah yeah yep yeah um you know click on whatever email this and that and at that point usually for businesses they like to sit on your network for weeks at a time to mm -hmm. learn your network see where you know the backups are see where your server is with all your files. Because I'm going to launch ransomware. I'm going to encrypt your backups too. Gotcha. That way you have to pay the ransom and you can't restore. Um, but for individuals, usually it's just instant. I click on this, something downloads and runs right right then and there, and you know, your, your hard drive gets encrypted. You get the, you know, the screen takeover that says, 
you know, your files have been encrypted, pay X amount of Bitcoin, you know, to this Bitcoin wallet. And like I said, they have excellent customer service. They'll, they can walk, you know, someone's grandma through opening up a Bitcoin wallet and how to like put money on it or buy Bitcoin and like transfer. So, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely still happens to individuals. Wow. And they're always using Bitcoin. It's always Bitcoin. Yeah. Can't trace it. It's either Bitcoin or Ethereum. Interesting. Um, but yeah, yeah. If it's if it's not ransomware for individuals, it's usually some type of like gift card scam. Yeah. Where they try to get you to buy, you know, whatever. I, I used to. I worked at Office Max when I was in college, mm-hmm. and you know we had a gift card rack, yeah. and you know you would you would see, you know, normal looking people, you know, a mom of three or whatever, come in, glued to the phone, looking frantic, and they go straight to the gift cards and they get as many like visa gift cards as they can and they try to put the limit on it you know they try to buy like a thousand dollars in visa gift cards and you try to talk to them you're like hey you know like what's going on and they, they don't want to hear it sure you know my husband got you know he's, he's at the sheriff's department he's in jail you know they they need this and that and it's God. like it's a scam and you know it's a, it's a it's a it's a sensitive subject to talk sure. to to talk to people about wow Wow. Well, I know that's that's been very beneficial. Anything else to add in terms of um, ways that that, that and I know you can go on and on, but easy things that consumers can do um, to protect certain you know private things like their you know inter- their logins and things like that. Yeah, just you know get a password manager, turn on two-factor authentication, because even if I have your password, I don't have your code. Does everything allow two-factor authentication? It's getting a lot better. Okay. Um, if you even look back just two years, there would be even a lot of bank accounts that didn't even support it. Yeah. And it's kind of just like, well. What about when, you, when it clicks, like, remember this device? Is that safe to do? Because then it doesn't ask you for that two-step or don't ask me again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's subjective. Okay. Uh, I personally don't do remember my device. Yeah. But I think I kind of have to just because of the position that I sure. have. But uh, it's, it's not the end of the world if you do. It, it's a lot harder for someone to get remote access to your computer. Yeah. If someone has remote access to your computer, you let them. Whether they scam called you saying they were Microsoft or, you know, you clicked on a link or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you pretty much know if someone has access to your computer. Gotcha. So, like I said, it's not the end of the world if you personally on your personal home device click, don't ask me again. Right. Um, but it's, you know, it's a good feature to have because I, if I do get your password from like a data breach and I'm signing in from wherever, I'm going to get hit with a two-factor code. So yep. if you ever receive like a random text message with a six-digit <laughs> code, it's either a scam or someone actually tried to sign in and you should probably go reset that password. Gotcha. That's good advice too. So in other words, don't be lazy. Just <laughs> don't yeah. auto-save the passwords. Get the password manager, two-step it. Take the extra, what, I don't know, 20, 30 seconds to... Yeah, and I mean, to, you feel good about it when, when it's yeah. all said and done. I remember years ago, I got an email saying um, someone signed into my uh, Fitbit account from, yeah. like, an IP address that was unknown. And I was and it was in, like, the middle of the night. I happened to... I my phone. I wake up, look <laughs> at it. I'm like, what the heck? And so, yeah, I reset my, my Fitbit password, <laughs> and it let me turn on two-factor authentication. And then that kind of drove me down you know, like the pass, the path with a password manager. Sure. That's really what sparked it was like a 2 a.m. email from Fitbit. <laughs> well, hopefully you don't have any more of those. Uh, yeah, hopefully not. 
So, well, um, Ben, I appreciate the time. We'll wrap things up. I got, I got a little bit long-winded here. Um, so uh, I, I really appreciate that. So like, like I said the first time, if, if anyone has questions for uh, Ben, his team, and, and the, the whole group over there, uh, they, I know there's a multiple businesses within the family of companies. So any, any questions, feel free to reach out to our firm. Uh, we can connect you guys with the right party. If whether you're a small business, big business, or an individual, we can make the connection and help you guys out and give you the introduction to, to Ben and his team over there. Um, and, and our office number is three three zero four seven three one zero six zero. You can always email the office as well at info at bashrock-fg.com. So um, Ben, thanks again for the time. Really appreciate it and all your knowledge. And uh, what we'll to get back, get you back soon, and and quiz you some more. <laughs> yeah, thanks. thanks for having me. You bet. Investment advisory services offered through B.A. Schrock Wealth Management, Inc., a registered investment advisor. B.A. Schrock Wealth Management is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance and investment products. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to safety, security, or guaranteed lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. B.A. Schrock Wealth Management is not permitted to offer and no statement made during the show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any government agency. This podcast is a paid placement. This show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation.